Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome back to My Mate Bought a Toaster. This week, I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome onto the show someone else who is stupid enough to do early morning breakfast and ruin their lives via the medium of radio. A wonderful host over on Capital Breakfast. It's the brilliant Sean Welby. Sean, hello. Thank you for coming, especially in the afternoon. This is basically the middle of the night now. What an intro, I have to say, Tom. Thank you very, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely in jet lag mode. Are you? No, no I'm all right, because the thing is, I do the weekends. Ah, I so you've do... had time to recover. Yeah, but then in a way, it's, it hits you harder when you do a weekend because you sort of get into it and then you forget it's part of your life and then suddenly Saturday springs up again and you're like, oh my God, I've got to get up early again. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Whereas you're just locked into this madness. Yeah, you you will always be waking up in shock like you've been hit by yes. a bus. You'll never yes. get used to it. And then I dep, you see, I sometimes jump in and do breakfast on magic. And then it's like, once you get into it, it's it's not too bad how long have you been doing breakfast for then well just for over a year i joined actually the start of the pandemic of all the times to join great times great times (laughs) love that love that and is it okay are you enjoying it yeah i'm loving it to be honest yeah really loving it despite the the crazy starts and always feeling a little bit like weird because you woke up at the stupidest time i think there's some also some element of of madness that works quite well on breakfast uh radio Yes, that's so true. The the free associating, just complete insanity. I don't know what I'm going to say next. We'll just sort of find out when it comes out of my mouth live on air. Yeah, and that's always nice because sometimes that does happen and the weird stuff comes out and you think, I don't know where that came from, but we're just going to have to roll with it because I've said it now. And I think... Yeah, I think strangely you don't get that kind of delirium at any other time of day. No, exactly. Delirium, delirium <laughs> FM. Thanks yes. for listening. So, well, this is uh, this is sober serious podcast AM now in the afternoon in the PM I should say. Um, so, what time will you? What time do you get to bed then when you've got your early starts? What's your What's your standard? I still haven't quite cracked it. In general, if I can get to bed about nine half nine, it's great. Sometimes I end up on my phone or messing about and it gets mm. into half 10 territory. Oh, Sean, what is yeah. wrong with you? I am, honestly, I, I must love the pain. I, I'm an animal. That's ridiculous. Do you, uh, but do you have, what, what time do you get up? What's your way, what's your alarm set? Uh, 4.15. <laughs> <laughs> so excuse gross. Me, excuse me, I just regurgitated some tea. <laughs> do you have the same start on the weekend? No, God, no. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Yeah, but what time are you on air? Six. six, six. Yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. same. I'm, I, yeah. It's just because I have to get up and I don't know if you've seen, your studios will be similar, but like ours are rigged with like a million HD cameras and yeah. lights. So you have to turn up like you're ready to like do a TV show. 
Well, there's a there's a bit of gender problem here, isn't there? And this happens a lot when when I rock up and do. Sometimes I do breakfast with Cat Shub, and she'll oh, get I love in. Kat. Love, we love a bit of Cat Shub, and she'll have to get in at right. You know, to get herself looking good for the camera, she has to get in at like two. You know, <laughs> it is. And this is the thing: all the men just rock up looking horrific and beardy. Uh, you know, seconds before they go on air, this is a, this is a problem. I think it's not fair. No, sometimes Roman turns up. He's got wet hair. He's got yesterday's hoodie on. Um, <sighs> but you know, somehow gets away with it whereas um yeah i think i don't know though i think some of it i suppose i could do that if i really wanted to but there's there's an element of getting ready for work mm. and getting dressed and ready that makes me feel in that sort of um in that headspace to to do a job if you know yes. what i mean yeah. yes no one can entertain the nation in their joggers no i don't think you can you can try Yes. But it's a different, it's more of a Radio 6 music vibe, <laughs> which is not what you're after. Um, all right, so you're on Capital Live, but let's go back in time, Sean. We're going to go back in time to the, the mists of uh, November 2009 as we look through your Amazon account here on My Mate Bought a Toaster. Yeah. Um, idiotic of you to allow me in, by the way, and thanks <laughs> for know. that. Um, £11.88, the first purchase you made, the 9th of November 2009, and you bought Contacts. 2010 stage television film and radio so there you are beginning is that is that the beginning of this crazy journey do you know what it's so mad because i I went back and saw this and Mm. i'm looking at it now and it's mad to believe that this is almost i mean 2010 you did have your googles and your twitter just about you didn't have instagram i don't think at this point or i don't maybe i'm wrong but yeah this was the way that you found agents and stuff wasn't it i mean I, weirdly i actually got my job on the weather this that was my first proper big gig and that was in 2010 so uh i oh i bought it on the 9th of november that is so mad because i ended up a year later being um yeah being on the weather but i must have and was that I the big breakthrough agent. then the weather was the big the big opening moment it was the job that got me to london yeah and it got me on national telly and and sort of opened up a few other doors and avenues um mm. and it's kind of funny to see this book because i don't actually remember reading it but i must have done <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure to be fair i'm not sure contacts 2010 it like the yellow pages of lovies i'm not sure you read it i'm not sure you know you sit on the toilet uh <laughs> it, it's it's got a terrible plot and you know the end the ending is dismal trust me yes yeah but but i do think it's it's an important thing to buy for one reason alone sean because you're kind of telling yourself this is a moment it's a bit like when i first moved to london i bought contacts 2001 uh, and i bought <laughs> and i bought um an a to z as well and, and it was mainly to tell myself that i'm here now you know what i mean yeah like i'm trying to think i wonder who i would have got details from from that book and would I, maybe I just sent a load of emails. Like I, I just, I honestly, I've almost blanked out of my memory what I did with that book. But like you say, maybe I bought it just to feel professional. I put it on the side and thought, oh, I'll need this book one day. Mm, mm. You st- I mean, you, you never know. You still might, Sean. You still might. Oh, that's you might. very true. You might. <laughs> that's <awesome. laughs> I'll just go and dig it out. I'll just keep mine. Keep my 2001 uh, contacts. You never know. They're all dead now. Um, <laughs> It's it's true though. It's it's an important moment, and it's the it's the beginning of everything. And then, uh, so when you got the weather job, tell us where where was that on, and what was that like, and was that was that something you wanted to do, or did that sort of stumble into your path? That genuinely, without sounding ungrateful, it did stumble into me because I was I really wanted to do like kids TV and entertainment telly and all that kind of stuff. But it's so difficult, obviously, to get in there. And at the time when I was trying to do all that stuff. Um, shows like T4 and 
SMTV and Live and Kicking, they'd all sort of finished and there wasn't an obvious route into TV mm. like they maybe used to be. So I was just applying for everything and I was doing the strangest shows. Like I did this like random health show that just went out online. And then I was doing the quad bike championships on oh, the extreme sports yeah, channel. One of my um, favorite championships. Love oh, a quad bike championship. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, always as well. There was an, in the olden days, presenters had to pretend to have a passion in things. Like Tom, how long have you been into snooker? Oh, years, years. Quad bikes, <laughs> love them. Love them, mate. Did you do a bit of that? Yeah, the blagging I had to do and, and they made you memorise every single bit of the script, even though even back then I had an understanding that I would be talking for the first five seconds and then they would paste on top of me all the action. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's my phone going off. Some action happening there. It's the quad bike, guys. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the- <laughs> Come back, the finals are ready. I know. But yeah, so I was, um, I remember it being hard work and long days, like muddy, cold fields. And um, and I had no passion in quad bikes. I know what I was talking about. But that is kind of the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's what you've got to do. I remember I did a dating show on MTV and I didn't really have any passion for, I was like 28 when I got it. And I've always been a 45 year old man since I was 10. <laughs> and I was having to talk to all these young, crazy young things about dating and, and like, you know, all their dating tactics and what they wanted to do to these people if they got them home. And I was just sitting there going, I have no passion for this. I couldn't give a fuck about any of this. But then <laughs> That's part of the gig. That's part of the gig. That's what you got to do. Yeah, and I think you do that for a long time until you eventually get the gig that you've been wanting for, say, 10, 15 years. But it's such a long route to get there. And so I literally, I'd done an advert, got spotted in that, bizarrely by the the, uh, commissioner and the... the, uh, controller of channel five at the time and mm. the advert played on a loop in his office and <laughs> it was very much like get that girl in who is she and had a meeting with the editor of channel five at the time and it was the most surreal thing and they were just asking me loads of questions what have you presented what are you doing and then about two weeks later and it went all quiet like these yeah. meetings always do and you think oh nothing is going to come of this chat yeah and then I'd just literally get a call saying, right, they want you as their weather girl. And I was like, what? What? And I didn't have a clue about the weather. I, I was <laughs> so bad at geography. I was about to say that. Where's the meteorological degree? No, well, there isn't one, Tom. Um, and that for you is Channel 5. Um, <laughs> so I didn't have a clue. I, I'm honestly, to this day, I'm terrible with places. I'm terrible with with anything geographical at all. I didn't have a clue how to talk about the weather. So they shipped me off to the Met office to do like a, an intensive training course. Oh, wow. And I'm, I am sat there, so out of my place. And oh, wow. There's a load of pilots all there learning every single bit of like meteorological I mean, it's a hard enough word to say, let alone topic. I mean, yeah. yeah. You can see that it it still hasn't sunk in to this day. Um, So I'm, they're all in there, right? They have to pass this exam to be able to fly planes. And I'm there putting my hand up saying, "Um, so do there have to be clouds for it to rain? (laughs) The guy's rolling his eyes. And he's like, oh dear Lord. I think he honestly just wants to jump out the window at that point. So it was a slow start. When a weather girl puts their hand up, do they just put their hand to the side in a sort of flat motion? Yeah, you have to always wave it from left, top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah always the left hand. What's the purchase history of this jokester? Stay tuned for my mate, but a toaster.
Um, all right, good. So there you are then. 2009, you start with the contacts. Things kick off straight away because you're spotted in an advert. Dreams are happening. Uh, we're skipping on ahead now, Sean. March 20... Actually, February 2016. The 11th of February 2016. Obviously, big bucks being shelled out of Channel 5. You've gone for the Bose. Now, are you a, are you a Bose or a Bosey kind of kind of girl? What's your, what's I've, your vibes? I've never heard anyone call it Bosey, Tom. Don't tell oh. me this is what you call it. My God. No, I'm I'm a Bose guy, but I heard someone else call it Bosey the other day. Oh, but they're the same people that say Nike. Yeah, well, the Americans. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, no, <laughs> Americans say Nike. Anyway, um, you bought some Bose Quiet Comfort 25 acoustic noise cancelling headphones uh, for £269.95. Uh, incredible oh, yeah. scenes. They, they They are the best headphones, though. Yeah, that was my little professional purchase. And uh, you might be thinking, oh, well, that's obviously, you know, where you started your DJing career or whatever. It was purely because I developed a fear of flying, right? Oh, really? Is it because of the patronising pilots? (laughs) Yeah, I hate those pilots. So smug with all their intelligence. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I I had to fly a lot. At the time, I was was also presenting um, Formula E, which is the electric Formula One. And it meant that I was flying all across the world a lot of the time on my own. And weirdly, the more I did it, the more scared of flying I got. And I worked out that it was the noises of the plane that were freaking me out. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I now swear by this method, if you know anyone that's scared of flying. Well, hi, I yeah, bought, you're speaking to someone who's, who's scared of flying. Keep talking. I'm, I hate flying. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Yes. Well, I don't know about you, but I think it's all the... All those things, right? So mm. I bought those noise cancelling headphones so that it would even just block out those sounds. And at times I'd have them in, even with no music on, just to muffle the noises. Yeah. And Can we have those noises once more, please? What are those? <laughs> right, this is this is the wheels going in. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's making my palms sweat. Stop it. <laughs> Uh, well, it's because presumably you're doing Formula E, so you're used to vehicles moving with no sound at all. Oh, yeah, I nearly died doing Formula E because you don't hear them pulling into the um, the pit lane or whatever. So yeah. a, a cameraman actually saved my life. He pulled me out of the way. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I stepped back to do a link. You know, like <gasps> classic where you're, you're sort of walking Shit. backwards. Oh, don't. Oh, don't. Back a bit, back a bit, back yeah. a bit. And he, he literally sort of grabbed... You know, like you would pull in a movie or whatever, so I'm pulling you out of the way of the traffic. It was like that. He just, he sort of grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and pulled me out of the way. And then did it do a proper <laughs> straight past you? Yeah, it just oh. like went, it, it suddenly roared past me like this. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's insert some sound effects of Formula E. Here it is. Okay, so it goes like this. <laughs> and then. It's, just, it sounds like, you sound like mosquitoes apologising. Right, I'm sorry, but the Formula E cars sound like mosquitoes. And I'll tell you a fact as well, right? They made up a sound for the cars no. because they actually don't make a sound. You're joking. I'm Are not you serious? joking. This is a true thing because people like cars to make noises and they're so efficient, they're so light, they're so quiet, they had to insert a sound on the cars to give them anything. Oh, surely you've got to have some fun there. You've got to put the sound of an ice cream van in there, surely. <laughs> I totally would. So what do they do? Like proper, so all the petrol heads can get stiffies? Yeah, basically. But they, but <sighs> unfortunately, it was never like that. It was always, because <laughs> they couldn't. But you can't recreate an actual engine sound. So yeah, it was a, bless, bless the little cars. They just whiz around. I love that. I love Formula E. Is that, how long did you do that gig for? 
do you know what? It's funny because I can't remember if I did it for a year or two. It's right. such a blur because it's such a long season. Um, I think I did two years of it. Right, right. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, and cool. are, you, are you still a bit of, we haven't come up with a sort of equivalent, you know, the, the vegan version of Petrolhead. If you're into electric cars, what's your kind of, are you like a battery block? You know what I mean? What are we called? Because I love electric cars. I'm obsessed with them. Oh, do you, 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 would, love, you would love seeing all the like, um, prototype cars and all the oh, all those yes. kind of things are amazing. Uh, but yeah, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, it's like um Tesla twats. Well, something <laughs> someone will tweet at Toaster Pod. They'll give us a tweet. They'll help. They'll yeah, help. give us a term for when you're really into energy saving. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know what, Sean? Cars. I, I bloody love efficiency. Oh, I'm oh. not gonna lie to you. Oh, look, <laughs> look at all those fossil fuels still in the ground. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, good. All right, so uh, we're moving on now. A mission sure. monkey, anyway. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I like that. I like that. Okay, good. Um, we now I'm distracted. Battery file. No, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> That's gross. Twenty. It is wrong, isn't it? Twenty eighth of February, twenty seventeen. This is an interesting one. You bought uh, six pounds, so not you know not too much of an outlay on the Lagoon Kazoo Orchestra <laughs> musical toy. <laughs> Oh, oh, Sean. Oh, Sean, I was just starting to like you. Wait, what year did I buy that, did you say? Uh, 2017. Ah, oh, okay. So that was actually, that's actually for quite a fun reason. Oh, good, go on. It was my actual first interview on Heart Radio. So I started on Heart doing evenings when I got into radio. Mm-hmm. And it was my first big guest on the show. And it was Ed Sheeran was coming on. <gasps> and it was when he just brought out... Uh, the Divide album, and it was all the big songs, like The Castle on the Hill, Shape of You, all those yeah. kind of ones. I'm in love with your kazoo. Mate, you've got it. That's what no, I did. you didn't. That is exactly what I did. I actually I... just stole your punchline. No, that's rude of me. Bad, no, sorry. No. That's brilliant. That means that we're, we're connecting. We've got the same brain here. So that's where my brain went. Um, brilliant. Shape of You, sounds a bit like kazoo. <laughs> got him to do the kazoo version. Did you get it cheering on the kazoo? I did. And the, and the funny <laughs> thing was, because I, I sort of tried to, you always try to make things relevant, don't you, on radio, like find your way in. Mm. So I sort of said, oh, you know, Ed, you're on the, on stage with your loop pedal. You can play the guitar. I was like, is there any instrument you can't play or you haven't played? And he was thinking, I was like, what about the kazoo? Got it out. I just started it hoping that he would join in. And yeah. he did. <gasps> but both of us. Get it. Bear in mind that this man is, uh, you know, a world-class mus- uh, musician. Yeah, I was going to say magician. Then <laughs> <laughs> that's his. That's his side hustle. You've got to have something to fall back on. Even Ed Sheeran's got to have something to. Here's He's my new amazing. album. Pick a card, any card. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah, was, you know, he was pulling uh, tissues out of his sleeve, but I was also <laughs> telling him about this, and he, um, we both played the kazoo the, w- the wrong way around. Oh my god! You put the wrong wrong end in your mouth. Yeah, and just to confirm, if you just put if you put the wrong end in your mouth, you are literally just humming. No, no, there's no distortion. It's just it's just humming with added plastic. Yeah, we're just humming through tubes. It didn't make any sense. And it was only when we posed for a photo that people on Instagram pointed it out. When you've both got the kazoo in the wrong way around. Oh, that's amazing. That's oh, embarrassing. That's brilliant. But you know what? That's you know that's a moment you need your meteoric rise to fame. You need you need an Ed Sheeran <laughs> with Ed Sheeran with the kazoo the wrong way around. Um. I've done my fair share of, of interviews on the radio and I love doing them, but a couple of difficult ones and I'm happy to share as well. Go have on. you had any, well, have you had any where you've been like, oh, that was harder than it should have been? Um, I, I could, well, let me go for I'll go oh. first to give you a, bit of, a, a moment to think whether this is a good idea or not to reveal this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it. Eddie Izzard. <gasps> Never met Eddie Izzard. Just a little... <sighs> Oh no, I don't Do like know, to hear that. No, no, I, I've no doubt he's a lovely man. But you know what? These guys are exhausted. They're doing 
billions of interviews at once. They're sick and tired of walking into rooms with uppity, uh, not uppity, that's not right, up, you know, like energetic people. Yes, Let's not say yeah. uppity. In their face the whole time. And uh, it just got off on the wrong foot because I said, ah, oh, Eddie Izzard, wow, plus entourage, hi entourage, and said hi to the three people who'd come with him. Yeah. And, he said, and he said, they're not entourage, they're people. Oh no! And I was like, One no, of those but, oh. where they just can't play along. No, I know, and I he's probably on a really bad day, but I just felt like I felt like a cock. Listen, I'm on your side here, and I think Thanks. they get it. Like, we're not trying to be dicks. We are literally just trying to be very friendly, and we've never met before. It's sort of breaking the ice. It's that small talk that you would do at a barbecue. Absolutely. You know, if someone if someone turned up at a barbecue with their dogs, you'd go, "Hi, mate!" Oh, hello, dogs! Yes. And, and they imagine if they went, "Mate, the dogs don't understand." Yeah, exactly. It's that. That is the perfect comparison. You wouldn't I mean, it's do not, that, would it's you? It's not ideal to compare his minions to animals. <laughs> I, but I, I, but I, it was exactly exactly that. Where you're like, and you feel like saying, well, well, no, I know. And I was kind of making it. Most people don't say hello to the entourage. They just, just sort of they're so sort of obsessed and struck by the famous person, and it didn't really improve from there. To be fair, no. I so think annoyingly, go. once they're in that zone mm. of not really. I mean... David Williams, similar story. Oh, no. Yeah, mm. I've had a strange encounter with David Williams where he, he almost wouldn't look me in the eye for the first 10 minutes. Mm. And then... No, actually, not not like that. It was more at the beginning. Until we went on air, he almost wasn't talking to me. Yep. And then it was like he switched a light bulb on when, when the mics went up. Yeah. It was one of yeah. those moments. Do, do you feel that... How can I phrase this? Being a... Uh, very beautiful female working in this business. Do you think that people come in to get interviewed by you and think, oh, she hasn't got a fucking... Do you think there's still this kind of, oh, she's, you know, dumb blonde kind of thing going on for people? Maybe. I think maybe some. And I think that, do you know what? Maybe you always are there, aren't you, trying to prove yourself to people? Like, I mean, you know, in... In radio, it's so different to telly. Like in telly, you sometimes get half an hour to an hour with someone. You get to have a little drink with them, before, like as in like even just a cup of tea or whatever before you yeah. go in and yeah. you get chatting off mic and then you ask some questions. Then you go live. By the time the mic's up and all the faff, you've chatted to them for 15 minutes. They've got to know you. It's lovely. Yes. But in radio, especially in our building, you know, you might be interviewing for heart, capital are coming straight after, smoother coming in straight after, and mm. you've got eight minutes with them. Yeah, so and they're strict the, on those times. They're strict yeah, they're on so those times. Strict. Yeah. So you've got maybe less than a minute to try and make that small talk and, and disarm them and make them feel like, okay, I'm not going to stitch you up. I'm a nice person and, mm. I, and I like your music or I've done my research. You've got to sort of get all that across so quick because then you've got to actually interview them in the shortest space of time. And also, you know, we all know that they've got certain messages they need to get across, whether it's the book or the album or whatever. But we always want to get through that bit as quick as we can so we can play something fun or do a game or... Yeah. It's the same, and isn't it? Get a headline out of you, please. Yeah. Get something interesting. So it's, it is, it's a really difficult game. And this is part of doing what we do. If you're in commercial radio, you've, everything is condensed uh, into two or three minutes. Still needs to be the same quality as the uh, more spacious podcasty vibes of the BBC or on TV where you've got time. But on commercial radio especially, you've got to get in there get the job done and so that's good training it makes us we're conversational ninjas Sean we're oh, conversational I love ninjas that. can I steal that that's great hundred percent hundred percent so give me a give me a best and worst who who has been who's been the interview so far where you're like oh just what a dream and who has been there yeah okay maybe maybe better luck next time I def I definitely think in some ways the more famous a person I've found them easier it's almost like they get it they're pros they know the game play along like have fun with it and they get the best out of it and people like uh, Jason Derulo Pink they're, mm. they're ones that stand out for me that 
you're almost a bit intimidated because they're such big names, so famous, and yet they were some of the nicest, most game. Um, like when I had Pink come in and, and she, I was a big fan of her as a kid growing up. She was really like my era of music. Never tell them that. I learned that. Never say it. I had, I had Gwen Stefani in and I said, oh my God, I loved you when I was 12. She <laughs> didn't, didn't, I did not play well. I did not play well. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Like I'd, it was too late. I'd said it, but this is the thing as well. <laughs> she could take it one way or the other and get really offended, but she was like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And then that's when you know, don't you, from that initial, okay, we're going to be fine. So I pushed it as always. And by the end, I had her eating Marmite out of a jar and trying <laughs> prong cocktail Chris because she'd never tried any British snacks. Oh, good. And she was great fun. That is good. Pink, I've got pink eating Marmite. What What was Sean Welby's main achievements? Pink eating Marmite. I think you're fine. Honestly, that is on the CV. And the best thing about it is the way she described it was it tasted like sadness and belly button fluff. I mean, that is British food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. In a nutshell. Yeah. 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 Sadness, a little bit of damp weather and belly button fluff right there. Yeah, that that is British. So Um, she was, you know, they're they're the best best ones. I remember being totally out of my depth with Will I Am. I don't know if you've ever interviewed Will I Am. I have heard stories. (laughs) (laughs) And I think think you've beautifully said I was out of my depth with him. That is a clever, clever way of (laughs) saying what we're all thinking. Please carry on. I just couldn't. It was like trying to communicate with Elon Musk or um, Stephen Hawking. It was like the guy is so intelligent, but his brain is on a different level. Right. So, so I couldn't ad lib with him, but we totally yes. went off piste. Yes. And I couldn't draw it back in, and I didn't oh. know where we'd gone. I didn't oh, know where I'm, we were. I'm cringing for you. If that <laughs> it helps. was so. It was horrible. It's really bad when you know you've uh, you know you've just told me how um, you've only got eight minutes. You've got to get in and do it quickly. And yet sometimes you can find yourself thinking, fuck, I've got six minutes left. Oh, God. Oh, God, it's too long. I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to fill the next six minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a bit like that because he sometimes artists come in and they decide they don't want to talk about whatever they're supposed to be talking about. And he wanted he was taking phone calls in the middle and texting somebody about something and then trying to tell me what it was. And it was some invention. And then he was talking about a jazz club in L.A., but I've never heard of it. So wow. all these references, I'm so... I can't relate to any of them mm, and I yeah. couldn't save. It was one of those ones where you think, ah, uh, not going to be able to use a lot of this. <laughs> and and the, the only other time I've had that where we literally, I think we used the intro and then <gasps> cut the rest was oh. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh no, but the Hoff, he's a legend. He's you know, half Welsh now. No, he is a legend, but the oh. stuff he was saying, I kept having to remind him it was a family show. <laughs> I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it's good to practice. <laughs> a podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> Available on all your podcast apps. That's not right. Can you not say er in the advert? (laughs) Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin' or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. 
we've been talking about uh, British food. Let's go back to American food because early January, the 4th of January 2018, everyone at this time of year starts a diet. Everyone wants to um, be eating well and be eating healthily. So, of course, Sean Welby's bought Cooking with Coolio. Ah, oh, what a book. <laughs> I mean, who knew Coolio could cook for a start? I didn't. I did not know that. Um, That's news to me. It's such a funny book. I, well, this is what... So I'm looking at the reviews and everyone says... The first... In fact, the first review says Coolio plus cookbook equals LMAO. Um, there's an amazing review. My brother loves to cook and hashtag true story. He got picked to go on stage to rap at a Coolio concert as a kid. It was traumatic for him. It, it was traumatic for him because he can't rap. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know what he was doing on stage uh, until it was too late. <laughs> Needless to say, this was an excellent Christmas present from a younger sister who likes to remind her brother of what adult he is. Oh, that's fantastic. That's what a fantastic. great little anecdote. You got to what? rap with Coolio. Um, brilliant. Uh, rap, with, rap with Coolio. And presumably Coolio, you know, maybe there's some good recipes for raps in this book. It's just funny because he says like, I can, I've actually been able to just access it now on, on uh, the thing. Mm. And it's like, he calls it ghetto gourmet, right? Mm, good. And this stuff like pasta like a rasta. <laughs> this, this sweet treats for that sweet ass. <laughs> How to become a kitchen pimp is the opening chapter. Oh, wow. That's amazing. He's really leaning hard on, on rap culture for this, this cookbook. <laughs> it's so funny. How does it start? Uh, you've got a gangster's paradise, the lamb. And then... Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, I mean, I was just, I'd heard about it. I think, I don't know, I must have seen something about it. And I thought, I've got to own one of these books. I, mm. I genuinely think it was probably from playing Gangster's Paradise over and over on heart. And it must mm. have been when I, because it got to the point where I would be looking for stories on the same artists all the time. And I was like, oh my God, Coolio's written a cookbook. Yes. And it's like got four and a half stars. It's so good. It's got amazing star ratings. And yes, I hear you when you're playing the same songs on the radio and you want to come off the back of, uh, well, actually Pink is a good example. I just did that the other day and you just do, you put Pink into Google and click on news and there's always something there. But a couple of years ago, that wasn't the case. So you've got to find new stuff to talk about. Yeah. And he says that basically he's making five star meals at a one star price. And his reason is, he says, my speciality is making something out of nothing. That's a direct result of growing up poor as a motherfucker. That's <laughs> <laughs> so how he says. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what I like about this is that normally these cookbooks, they blabber on about their journey about food and why they do this. Whereas he's just so honest and he's just learned how to make food really cheap. That is great. That is a strong pitch. Are you a big uh, Are you a big foodie then? Do you like your cooking or is this just for the lols, this book? Do you know what? This was a bit for the lols and just so I could have a look at some of the, the recipes that were just so funny. But um, I actually have got really into cooking since lockdown. I was one of those quite lazy people because I lived on my own and I was going into work and working late. So I quite often was getting food out and about, like breakfast at home, but then I was grabbing something for lunch, grabbing a little bit, you know, something for tea mm. or getting takeaway or whatever. And then in lockdown, I thought I really need to just start having some basic, like 10 basic meals that I just know how to cook and I get good at. And yeah. actually I, I really like it now. It's great. It's good. It's a good thing to get into. Also great dinner party chat when you have people over and you've cooked something amazing and they're like, oh my God, where did you get this recipe? Coolio, mate. Yes, yeah, Coolio. <laughs> All right. May 2018. Uh, oh, look at this. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I love that game. I love that game so much. Please tell me this is not content related. This is just a genuinely brilliant game that you've bought. Oh, this was like one of those moments in my life where I, I can't really explain the joy. Mm. I'd, I'd finished a shift at work 
And I'm someone that doesn't genuinely splash out on, on stuff, right? Mm. Um, and I saw a poster for Mario Kart and I thought, oh my God, I haven't played that game since I was like, I don't know, 15, 16 or something. Yeah. And it, I thought, what console is this even on? So I'm, I'm, I've got all like giddy about um, this game and I realized that it's on a Nintendo Switch. Yeah. So I had this impulsive day and bear in mind, right, it was one of the hottest, most loveliest times of the year. I don't know whether you've got the date of when that... Uh, it's May 2018. In fact, it's almost exactly three years ago to the day. That you How funny. It. So mm. in May 2018, it was actually really sunny because I remember it really well. And I walked all the way to Argos. I bought myself this console. You bought the Switch? Yeah, bought the what? Switch. Oh, I love it when grown-ups treat themselves like children. Yes! Honestly, it was like, it yes. was the coolest moment because, you know, growing up, I never had the Mega Drive. I, no. I never had any of the consoles. I used to have to go to my mates' houses and play on them. And it was like... A bit like when you hear Ed Sheeran buying Lego, it was my moment where I bought the best console at the time yeah. and I bought the games I wanted to play and I came in, I set it all up, I closed the curtains on what was like a beautiful <laughs> sunny day and I spent like nine hours straight playing Mario. Oh, that's what that's the most wonderful happy story I've ever heard. That <laughs> is dreamy because there's something about and it's probably because i associate it with all the um reward chemicals kicked off in the back of my brain when i played this as a kid but i see even on this picture here the colors of mario and it, it is so powerful bringing back that time when i was about 14 15 16 and i played mario kart and i played mario worlds yes. absolutely relentlessly uh and then my kids got into it and they got a switch a couple of years ago and it just made me so happy. It was a time machine back yes. to a former self. And I think we're the first generation, Sean, to experience this because uh, certainly like my brother, who's 10 years older than me, he didn't really have a computer. He had a Commodore 64 when he was a kid. Yep. But for us to be able to play those games again, you know, people get nostalgic about music. This whole idea of games nostalgia, it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. I am loving that you're just as passionate as I was about this moment because yeah. I was almost skipping home. I honestly yeah. felt like... Have you seen that movie Big with Tom Hanks where yes. he's like a kid but he's grown up? That's I felt like I'd cheated the system because I could afford to buy it on my own yeah. and I'd splashed out a ridiculous amount of money, like 300 quid, on something that I didn't actually need but I wanted. And I, I, I had the most amazing day and I got obsessed mm. with playing that for, for just months. I, it was so nice and I kept buying all the games I used oh. to love. And yeah, such pleasure from doing... From spending money on something just because I wanted to enjoy myself. So nice to reward yourself like that. Here's the key question, though. Here's the kicker, Sean. How often do you play it now? You know what? Oh, Gen don't. No, it's no. going to be like a, a neglected dog in the corner. No, it's a bit dusty in the corner. But the good thing with the Switch is it's like portable, isn't it? And yep. my sister got me, and I don't know if you remember this game, Theme Hospital. No, go on, no. Right, so this was a game that used to have to play on your PC and it was like on a CD that you loaded into your old Amstrad computer or whatever and you basically ran a hospital, which sounds like the most boring thing ever, but it's strangely obsessive. And we, me and my sister played this as kids. She knew I had a Switch and then one Christmas got me this this game and I thought, oh, I won't play it. I've sort of put the Switch down now. I'm not really into it. Mm. And I got hooked on that recently. So that was my mm. most recent oh. one. Congratulations. So nice to spend your pandemic running a hospital. Yeah, I, I did a great job, you know, and there was all sorts going on. People had bloated heads and um, oh, wow. coming in with like, you know, zebra feet and I solved it all. I cured oh, them. 
well done. Well Thank done. You. Gives you such a good sense of satisfaction. Um, 9th of August 2018, still on 2018 here, uh, you've bought the Electric Shock car key fob. This is dangerously wacky of you. This this is a bit, we're going into pranky territory here. Yes. Oh, and this is funny because I didn't even end up using that because it was too tame. Right. Oh, what, the electric shock wasn't good enough? <laughs> no. Really? No. And so I headed to eBay, good old eBay, where shipped from China, yeah. I got what looked like mini cattle prods, right? <laughs> And they, um, this again was for content. I had Chris Pratt coming in to heart oh, yes. and he'd done the, um, the brand new Jurassic Park movie, mm-hmm. right? And his character was in charge of all the raptors and he has little sort of cattle prod electric things to keep them at bay. Mm-hmm. So the idea was that we would do a dinosaur quiz and Good. if he got it wrong, I was going to electrocute him. Safe to say, this was before, I was still quite new and I didn't get anything approved at this point by oh, his team. Wonderful. So when you say about entourage, they looked horrified. Yes! Oh, I love annoying them. I love it. I live to annoy those people. <laughs> they looked so horrified. Yes. He looked at me like, seriously? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, look, you can test it on me first. And he didn't want to do it because he felt bad. I was like, just do it. And I was like, ah, and it it did. We weren't faking it. It hurt. And then I tested it out on him and he's screaming. And then his (laughs) co-star is laughing. And it was one of the funnest interviews I've done. But I genuinely did electric shock him. (laughs) So good. Cattle prodding Chris Pratt. Oh, I love these stories. I love these. These are all for the autobiography, Sean. They really are. Do you know what? That would be a great autobiography title, wouldn't it? Cattle prodding Chris Pratt. So good. What you should have done is rigged it up so that when he electrocuted you, you just fell on the floor and started fitting just to really freak him out. (laughs) Just take it too far. Take it way too far. Way too far. <laughs> oh, he was too, he was almost too nice though, you know, like he almost didn't want to do it. And then there was times when he tried to get it wrong so that I didn't get shocked, but then he still got the question wrong anyway. So oh, he had quite brilliant. a few shocks. Poor guy. You should make that a recurring thing, just electrocuting A-listers. And you can imagine the PR guys every week going, right, Sean is great. She's a great interviewer, but she will electrocute you, Will I Am. Are you up for that? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like after that, they brought in some really stringent health and safety rules. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, everyone, that's my well, fault. I think it's sad that, you know, we've forgotten as a society, electric shocks are fun. They're meant to be fun. They sure, are. they're lethal from time to time. But there was a, there used to be a game. Do you remember this? It was like a circle and it had four sort of hoods on it. Then you could slot your finger into each hood and that, and you'd make yes. contact with a bit of metal inside. And then you'd press the button and it was like a Russian roulette and one of you would get the shock and you'd have to pretend not to get the shock. And my wife and I discovered, because it, it had four finger ports on it, that if you put an index finger each in, and put it on with brand new batteries it would make an electric shock that would travel up your arm across your chest you know just past the heart and then down the other arm and I remember me and her playing it when we just started going out we were about 23 until I was sick that's how often we played it it was a great game you electric shocks it, are fun what you played it till it, it made you ill yeah until I was I was vomiting because I'd done so much. we got pissed as well it might be oh, the gin it was I the gin mate it was the gin <laughs> but it was. It was. It was brilliant. You can't go wrong with a little electric shock. You were essentially creating a circuit. You were doing that thing that I, I grew up in the country. Country kids did, where you'd all hold hands and then touch touch the wire of like a sheep <laughs> yeah. fence. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. Where did you grow up, please? Which part of the country? Um, I was in the East Midlands, so I was in Nottinghamshire, but wasn't in a city at all. I was in the middle of nowhere, like cows were my neighbours. Okay. So not Shane Meadows, more Shane. Ah, oh, Meadows. Yeah, kind Meadows. Of thing. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Vitamins B and C and D Get it for myself, for my health, for the cheap Gotta stay in shape, but I'm so lazy Crime online, next day delivery 
we've got the ass kicking purebred idiot hot sauce roulette challenge oh sean you didn't you know i did you didn't i did I and i stand I, it. I played this game this is this is just sounding like name drops but they're all they're because i've bought them to do funny interviews yes brilliant um I did play this game with Rita Ora because I knew she liked hot sauce, right? <laughs> now, the thing I didn't account for, like I'm thinking this is just great footage. Obviously, yeah. I'd never tested it. We do the roulette. It lands on this one that I have to pick up. Now, I knew it was going to be bad because the hot sauce was black. Oh, and oh. You know, like it's based on how red and dark red these peppers are. Yeah. And when it was black, I thought, oh, no. So why are you trying? Look- why are you trying to hurt your guests? You're trying to damage Chris Pratt. You've got <laughs> Rita or a poisoner. You're sticking Marmite down Pink's throat. What's wrong with you, Sean? Do, I, do you know what? I'm not sure. I've obviously got some weird kick out of all this. But what is mad is even thinking about it now. I don't think we'd ever get that approved now. It's no. weird how quickly things have changed already. But hundred percent, yeah, yeah. I, I'd never get it approved. But anyway, so it lands on this one. When I pull it out of the roulette wheel, it says 10. So I know 10 is the hottest. So I open the lid and I'm thinking, well, it's just going to be, this is going to make a funny video. So I shot this hot sauce. Bear in mind that I later read on the back, do not shot the hot sauce because it's far too strong and you're supposed to just lick a tiny dab of it. And I swear I couldn't speak. I couldn't even finish. I couldn't finish the interview. My eyes were streaming. My throat went immediately. It was like my airwaves closed. I couldn't. Oh my god! You could. You know, you can die from certain um, hot sauces, hot chili sauces. I didn't at the time. The question I've got to ask: Go on. What happened at the other end? Was there a painful poo within twenty-four hours, <laughs> or was did your body cope? Um, there must have been, but I, again, it's one of those. It's one of those low moments in life where I think I've blanked it all out. And the mm. other thing that also made it quite a low moment is she found it quite funny and she took over the interview because I couldn't speak. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And then nice. she felt quite bad. So then we did one with her. It was lucky that she got quite a mild one, but it was unlucky that she spilt it all down her white, like <sighs> designer dress. Yeah. And I was the first interview of the day with her and she had a whole day of press. Oh, sh- so she spent the whole day slagging you off to people, basically. A hundred percent. Cause she was so nice to me, but I thought she hates me now because she had that really embarrassing red dribble now down a top oh that's wonderful so the whole thing was a car crash but it made a great video it's out there somewhere great you've dribbled on rita aura not many people can say they've done that it's fantastic um all right okay let's rattle on through 2018 women's metallic hot pants hello oh oh fancy dress that would be um For Harley Quinn, one you know, there was a there was a, um, a Halloween when any girl that was blonde thought, "I'll do Harley Quinn." Bosh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was one of those people that had no imagination, just did it. But I was, it was quite cool because at the time I'd done a show and there was a make like a professional makeup artist, so she did all the makeup. So it was actually quite cool. <gasps> oh wow, that is good. That is I love good. Halloween. That's my favorite. I love dressing up and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll keep an eye out for any other costumes as we go. Yeah. Um, 17th of November. Oh, look, Lansano Contact Nipple Shields. And <laughs> Lanolin Nipple Cream. It's very good, the Lanolin Nipple Cream, because we used a lot of that. And I use it on my, I use it on my, I get really dry knuckles and I've used it. It's very good for the dry knuckles. Do you know what? It's true that nipple cream is a good lip balm as well, mm. I found out. But mm. actually that was for my sister, bless her, who right, um, right. at the time was uh, just had a baby. 
Oh, delightful. And are you are you a very are you a good auntie, Sean? I feel like I am. The problem is they're they're still in the East Midlands and I'm in London and because of lockdown, I feel like I've missed a lot of of like hanging out with them and stuff. So I'm hoping to make up for it soon. But yeah, yeah um uh, the weird because I have I'm the right I'm the family member that has the Netflix account that has the Amazon Prime account that has the ASOS uh, premiere or whatever. Are you suggesting there's been some amount of password sharing amongst your clan? Do you know what they all take the absolute piss, right? <laughs> and so I'm always ordering everything because like oh you've got Prime and it comes tomorrow. Can you order it? Which is why I've got nipple creams and and. It's what's annoying me is it's messing with all my algorithms because I'm yeah. getting the wrong things suggested to me on. on what do you Netflix think doing this and, podcast does to my Amazon? Yeah, it, fucking oh, hell, mate! You, they must think you you're having a mental breakdown. Totally. Well, I think I am doing this podcast to be honest, but yeah, <laughs> no, I I hear you. So Netflix, it's interesting how you start to take ownership of the algorithm on your Netflix account, and it's it's quite important how it orders all of my viewing now. And if my brother logs in, because it's, obviously it's my mum's Netflix, clearly there's no oh, way. Oh, you're that person. One. You see, you're. Of draining the system of course yeah. um uh if, if my brother logs on and watches something which i've already watched it screws it all up and i'm like what what is going on here this is i can't concentrate i've seen tiger king why has it come up again no yeah yeah um for me it was when i was suggested uh to watch adam sandler the cobbler <laughs> I've had enough. and i thought this is not my t- what's going on here i have exquisite taste Get rid of this. So I've made them all make their own little profiles now and no one's allowed to log in as me. Yeah, the joy of the profile. So, okay, very good, very good. Organising your illegal stream sharing activity. Very nice. Of course, they know Um, we'll do it. Yeah, clearly. So they, of course they do. They're, they're encouraging it. If they if they want to, they could stop it overnight. They know they're doing it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Seventh uh, of June, twenty nineteen. Again, this isn't for you here. So in June, you've bought a birthday for June, and it is a bird feeder. Oh, yeah, nice. this is yeah. But what's sad is this is off the back of me having one, and then my gran, June's my gran, she oh. wanted it. Oh. So I became a bit of a weird bird lady at one point, where I was, I, I had a balcony on my flat, and I wanted to get in touch with nature. You know, I live in a city now. I'm in London, mm. so I had these little birds literally coming to my balcony, and it was great. Right. I had the same ones pop up every morning. I got oh, used to the little chirping. It. it was honestly, it was like a Disney movie up here. So, <laughs> so, so yeah were you mary poppins or were you mad trafalgar square pigeon lady i became the pigeon lady right because mm-hmm. this is the problem the little birds were lovely when they were coming along and then one day i heard this and there was <laughs> honestly it's like an albatross at the window and <laughs> the big bird started coming in because these That's mealworms true. they go mad for them yeah 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 of course so, so I, that had to go that had to go. <laughs> I like that though. I like a moment where we we remember nature. And this is the problem, especially if you're a country girl living in the city. Do you ever have the urge to go back to the the countryside? You must. Oh do. yeah, I do actually. I like it. I, like it's funny. You come to the city and um, like no one wears the right. If you go on a walk, no one's got the right shoes. Everyone's got bright white Air Force Ones to go on a walk through a muddy field. You're like, where are your wellies? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I like going home and almost just looking a bit of a scarecrow like looking a mess and just mm. putting on a big coat wellies wandering through fields walking dogs feeding ducks all of that kind of stuff yeah nice nice good okay good 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 i'm glad i'm glad to know that's that's a big part of you know where you grow up it stays with you doesn't it that sort of stuff it does and i tried to feed the ducks in tooting near where i live and as i threw the bread 
<laughs> a rat flew out of the oh, hedge yes, and got yes. the um, bread and then oh, it put me off. It's lovely. I love it when you have these London nature moments. <laughs> there, there should be an Attenborough series. And here the girl stands on the side of the pond. And the rats, because there are so, so many occasions. There, the one I always think of was when um, it had been snowing one winter and it had just, it was all melting away, but there was still the odd pile around. And I was getting up early to go into work and I was walking to my cab, middle of the night, basically, like 4.45 or something. And uh, I saw a lump of snow next to the cab. And I thought, oh, I'm, do you know what I'm going to do? Just before I get in the cab, I'm going to stand on that lump of snow oh, to feel the crunch. Yes. Because it's a gorgeous thing. And when it's gone, it's gone. And in, in, in a city, somehow these things mean more. Our senses yep. are more... Uh, attuned to that sort of we want that more we urged that more more of an urge for that so i'm walking towards this taxi and i thought yeah i'm gonna do it i just went slightly bananaed my way towards a taxi just to feel that thing (laughs) and i trod in the snow at which point as i felt it give under my foot i realized yeah it was a used nappy oh no oh no just crunched under my foot and exploded i I had to get into yeah a cab with baby shit on your your feet it's not a good look oh it's not a good look and that is just that that one sentence just sums up the, the, the instant joy and then the, the immediate uh, disappointment of mm, London. The filth. The, the filth is only ever two or three seconds away. It, it is. It, absolutely right. That's why we like it. We like the jeopardy. Um, okay, listen, here's what we're going to do, Sean. We're going to crash on through now because we're running out of time. Um, we're going to come to 2020, okay? Uh, and I'm going to see what you've been up to. So this would during- be peak lockdown. Peak lockdown, and before lockdown started, 31st of January, you obviously knew uh, what you were doing. A very important bit of PPE that you bought here, the B-Swift General Purpose Goggles Clear. These are proper lab goggles that you've got here. This is obviously to stop COVID from getting into your eyes, right? 100%. I was ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Um, or? <laughs> or, no, this is... Oh, I'm so stupid. I... I honestly thought it'd be a good idea when I was chopping onions to stop me crying. (laughs) (laughs) To wear like science grade goggles. Um, So I did genuinely buy them for, someone told me, oh, just wear goggles when you chop onions. Right, right. So So I I gave it a go. Did it work? It did, but... Oh, fine, fine. Okay. It did work, but it's because no air's getting to your eyeballs. Like you can't, <laughs> they're, they're literally squeezing your head. So I, I wouldn't recommend it. You look stupid. Eyeballs don't like a vacuum, no, famously. No, they, they don't. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of you wearing goggles whilst cooking a Coolio recipe. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, okay, what else have we got here? Twenty uh, seventh of March, twenty twenty. The Firefly nine hundred watt Streamline rotating electric bulb outdoor. Now, uh, I'm not for a second suggesting that this has come from China, but it is described as a pario heater. I think they mean patio heater. Uh, you've got a lovely pa- patio, a pario heater here. This is my, you know, like those, you know, when like a dad goes on and on about the best barbecue or whatever. Yeah. I I don't shut up about this patio heater. I'm like, best thing I bought in lockdown, best thing I ever got. <laughs> and I'm pushing it on to people all the time. Like, get yourself a patio heater, game changer, absolute game changer. And okay. It is. It spins around. It, it means you can sit out later mm. on at night. Yeah, yeah, they, with, with your birds. Become, with the birds and the mm. crows um, and the rats. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it did actually change lockdown for me because it meant I spent a lot more time sat in the fresh air outside on the balcony. And um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But now they're like gold dust, you know? So I think I was ahead of the curve because everyone's now, the thing, the two things you can't get hold of now are rattan garden furniture and patio heaters. There you go. You were ahead of the curve. Yeah. You were ahead of the curve. Um, let's see if I can find it on here. Hang on a second. I'm going to... Um, I think um, they're sold out, Tom. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. Because mine's an absolute bargain. Okay, Firefly. Uh, 
Um, 900 watt. 900 watt. Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh. So looking at this, you're absolutely right. I can't find them anywhere. No. This is extraordinary. You've absolutely nailed this. And also they're way more expensive now than they were when you bought one. So I bought that for like £69 or something or 70 quid. Mm. And now the only ones I've ever seen pop up are £400 heaters. No, thank you. No, No, thank you. £400 heaters are not going to happen today. No, 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 no. no. That's amazing. Okay, fine. So uh, Patio Heater recommended there and we'll put a link to that on our Patreon page as well so you can find it and and you can, you know, have a Patio Heater recommended to you by Sean Welby. That's the dream, right? That's the dream of this podcast. Guys, it's going to change your life. Best purchase Mm. you'll ever make. You'll Mm. be bragging about it to all your friends, talking about it down the pub. So nice, so nice. Also, what you need really is a portable patio heater. So you can go out, you know what I mean? When you've got to go meet your friends in the park these days, just pop it out and oh, off you go. that is a million mm. pound idea. Get yourself in Dragon's Den. If I could take one of those heaters to the pub, I'd oh. be sat shivering in the beer gardens. Yeah, not at all a fire hazard. I'm sure it'll work. All right, we'll look <laughs> into it. Uh, 11th of May, 2020, artificial grass. Oh, very nice. £48.88 on some artificial grass. Is it, I mean, what is happening on this? Uh, how, first of all, how big is your patio? No, but it's well, hot, it's covered in in. <laughs> birds and now it's got fake grass on it it's it's tiny like i'm trying to think how to describe it so someone can it's i think in meters it was only about two meters long and a meter wide like it's not very big but i pimped it out over lockdown i put fake grass i got the heater i bought some fairy lights all of those kind of purchases you'll be spotting in my list this is nice. So I like this. I like the fact that a lot of this stuff is kind of decorating your outside world. We're trying to decorate our worlds whilst we're stuck in them, you know, yeah. while we're stuck inside or stuck outside in your case. Um, 24th of July, 2020, the pancake mould, uh, silicon egg, uh, omelette molds making thing. This is this is the problem with Amazon uh, uh, objects nowadays. The description of them is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. It's just words and words and words. Like it's true. It, what? Hang on. It's an omelette mold making mold breakfast. It's a pa- it's a pancake mold. It's, is it? Yeah. So this is again where I get so easily influenced. If someone raves about something, I get it. Now mm-hmm. I can safely say I have not used this right, mm-hmm. but pancake day wasn't even coming up, so I can't even say that. Um, yeah. I just wanted it, okay? I decided I wanted to make these neat pancakes. And um, the idea is it's like a silicon mould. So you, it's lots of tiny circles. And then you pour the batter in and make loads of really neat, like almost American-style pancakes, the little mini fluffy ones. I love yes. the idea of it, but I've still not given it a go. I'm Never used it. Oh, come yeah. on, do put the goggles on and get cooking. I need to. You're right, Tom. God's I should. Sake. I'll report back. You need your safety specs. Um, all right, and then final thing. This is the final object uh, for today's episode of My Mate Bought a Toaster, and it's a, it's a brilliant one to finish on. Uh, 4th of December, 2020. Getting ready for 2021 in some style. Of course, we all buy a diary or a calendar, and Sean's no different. She's bought the official Kelly Brook 2021 <laughs> calendar. It's A3, I might add. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not messing about. If you're no, going to no. get the uh, Kelly Brook calendar, you want it in full A3 HD quality. <laughs> 4K, mate. 4K. 4K, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was... Uh, it's become an annual gift for my mate back home who loves Kelly Brook. And I'm very lucky that she works at heart and we're, yes. we're friends. So every year, it's a bit of a, a running joke now that I will buy her calendar. She's happy that I'm adding to her sales figures. Of course, £10 to the tune of £10. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then um, she writes a silly little message on it and signs it for my mate Adam. And I have to say, he's over the moon with it every year. That's just brilliant. We started this off with contacts and we're ending it 
with a signed calendar of Kelly Brook. Look at you know, look at that as a as a career trajectory, Sean. <laughs> look at uh, where that book led me. Thank you, contacts. <laughs> Thank you, contacts, for Kelly Brooks boobs. <laughs> uh, listen, I could go on and on and on. You've probably got to go to bed in about five minutes. Uh, Sean, uh, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you for coming on My Mate Port Toaster. Thank you for being stupid enough to reveal all this stuff about you. I feel like we've all learned a lot about you. Yeah, too much, if anything. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, and how can people get in touch with you? Or how can people follow you on all the social medias and all that stuff, please? Well, the worst thing is, if I just say it's at Sean Welby, everyone's mm. like, how do you even start spelling that? So oh, it's Welsh, say, it's Welsh. Yeah, it's Welsh. So it's S-I-A-N and then Welby. Brilliant. Thank you, Sian Welby. <laughs> Have a great show tomorrow morning. Thank and, you. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Tom. I've loved it. Sean, 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 Welby, Sean, Welby. She's Welby good. So is everyone. I like to save the awfulness until the end. Um, thanks for listening, team. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I loved meeting Sean Welby. She's brilliant, very funny. Don't forget, she's, of course, on Capital Breakfast uh, every single morning. Um, now, uh, any other business? Oh, yeah. So, Latitude Festival. It is on, like, Babylon. I'm very excited. Slightly nervous, I'll be honest. Uh, we're going to be doing the show live. We've got some great guests booked. They're not confirmed yet, so I'm not going to tell you who they are. Um, the 24th of July, they're a double act, uh, is when we are going to be doing the Latitude Festival. So if you are going to Latitude, do come and check us out. We're at the, in the I think it's called the Listening Pod or the Listening Post. <laughs> Should I have checked before I spoke? Nah. Um, so have a look and I will... Uh, well, I'll keep you up to date on Twitter, at ToasterPod. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter and uh, I'll let you know how that is going. Any other business? Oh, yeah. Reverend Richard Coles is my guest next week. His episode is going to be appearing on Patreon very, very soon indeed. Goes without saying, he was an absolute delight to speak to. My goodness, I really enjoyed that one as well. Uh, so Rev- Reverend Richard Coles, struggled to say that. Reverend Richard Coles, there we are. Uh, we'll be on next week's show. That's it now. Bye. Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, But we will. Uh, And there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty Plenty Questions. Questions. 